improv actor he started a brand before and he's host of a podcast so that'll be at the end of this episode uh looking forward to that but i begin with are we headed towards world war world war three uh i mean look that wasn't in our lifetime right that's if you're kind of paying attention there's troops going to ukraine and what is going on i don't like paying attention to politics but i feel like i have to every time as i get older could this possibly be, as long as we're not getting drafted, right? We're, we're all good? I think or, we're too old to be drafted. Really? I have flat feet, too, so I'm fucking... Dude, Gen I'm Z would throw a fit if they got drafted. <laughs> Bro, they'd, they'd just be, be like, nah. They'd be out on the battlefield making TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Maybe hitting the renegade and then a fucking... Would just come in and just... We'd be so fucked on the battlefield. If they, yeah, imagine if, like, Bryce Hall got drafted. <laughs> I'm not a fighter. <laughs> um, it all got real, though. Like, a coworker of mine, just, like, he's new to the job and everything, and within two weeks, he's gone due to, like, Call of Duty. Jesus Christ. Really? Yeah, I, I can't even, like, people are, uh, we're starting to fly out east. We're putting troops out there. Uh, what's interesting is, like, Putin is flexing, right? You know, like, he's just flexing. We could all, I guess, appreciate that. Well, what's weird is how Germany is being eer- eerily quiet. And it's like, could you, what if it's China, Germany, and Russia, the new East, while we're hopefully still dominating the West uh, with our yeah. TikTokers? Dude, <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to this at all. You're kind of scared of me. <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, just pull up the New York Times the past two weeks. Like, I was, I don't know what it is. It's just get the New York Times newsletter in your email inbox every morning. And like, I knew more shit than my father-in-law about the Israeli crisis when bombs were dropping. And he's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, did you see there was bombs everywhere? It's like, (laughs) it's fucked up. But Biden did possibly do the coolest thing he's ever done as president when they picked up him on that hot mic calling someone a fucking moron. Or whatever. Called him a stupid, stupid, stupid stupid son of a bitch. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Uh, who is Neil Young? Neil Young? Uh, he a, sings. Singer? Oh, yeah. Sing. Uh, yeah, I don't Old know him. Man. Like, I, he was trending uh, for the last couple of days. Uh, for He is trying to. Okay, so He's explain great. to me Neil Young because he is threatening to take his music off of Spotify uh, unless he is basically boycotting his music until they get Joe Rogan off. And is there any, yeah. I just asked who Neil Young was. You think Spotify has even taken that call? Well, did you, I mean, no, go ahead. Sorry. Did you see that they, uh, Spotify updated them? They reached out and I guess they were like, sorry, but we'll take your songs off. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So they were just like, yeah, I think but, we're good. You know, it's all hearsay. That's what I read before I left work today. But I was like, oof, like. Yeah, that's gonna get a little heated quick too. He's he's more like all our parents know for sure who he is. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, he's got some bangers. He's older, maybe if yeah. like Drake was like, I'm taking my music off Spotify. Like, yeah, what yeah. would it take? You know, well, it's not the 1970s anymore. So. Yeah. Will Huddy, you know what? I'm, I'm <laughs> no longer making singles for you guys. Um, 
Yeah, we were talking uh, later with Andrew Klinkhammer about boomers, and we kind of mentioned like, you know, how odd it was that they were like, "Hey, don't don't post anything on your Facebook page. We're we're gonna see that shit. You know, that's that's too much cleavage. That's why you're using swear words." And it got me thinking. Well, first of all, it's like now we need to be proficient in social media just to do fucking anything. So thanks for, you know, hindering us there. Uh, but what were some other things that boomers were just they're just like, great, you know, they're sticklers about that were like, really? Uh, you, I was going to say it's crazy. Like growing up when I was in like middle school, my parents were like so protective, like didn't allow me to get a Facebook yeah. Like thought like if you got a Facebook as a kid, you were gonna get molested or some shit, or you're never gonna get a job because of something. Oh, you'll never get a and job. Now, now you need a job. And now now boomers are the only ones who post on Facebook. <laughs> Literally. Just did a complete 180. It's your dad yeah. with the bad luck Brian fucking memes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some that I was like the whole drug topic. So meeting so many friends and families that like the families that come out here from friends i've met here and they're just like oh yeah like you know like should we go to the pot shop and all this stuff and all this, <laughs> they're guys, afraid they're opening yeah. the door like what is this wonderland yeah and i'm like you guys were so against this and now look at you all getting your thc to go to bed or whatever your yeah. excuses like yeah oh just one gummy marijuana was on my list swearing yeah. It's oh like, my yeah, god really, it's like come on well <laughs> my mom still doesn't like when i swear around her so i try not to but like it's like what it's like come on everyone yeah. fucking swears like, <laughs> I, know. I mean shit I, yeah it's just it's second nature I, I don't get why it was the big don't use the lord's name in vain yeah. all right sorry about that it's my fault uh sex before marriage what happened there no <laughs> um that i thought that was a big boomer thing um i would say kind of just off with um, like you have to, like I did go to college and I got a job. Like you, yeah. you have to get a job and save. Money. You're not going like, to college. How dare you? Yeah. All these adults, it's like you're like you've worked for forty years and are just fucking miserable. Like, shut up. Like to save money, you need but, a yeah. savings account. Like, yeah, like yeah. don't go on that trip and save your money. It's like, dude, no one wants to die fucking forty, like eighty and bored. Like, well, and that's that brings up like the serious topic of look how much aware we are to like mental health now where yeah. oh yes our, no boomers yeah. did, were not here for men shut up about your feelings you, know? yeah. Like, you can't cry you're a man it's like yeah. what oh uh, god okay. yeah no seriously it is interesting it's just generational um yeah that, those were my main three there but uh boomers who you gotta love them bill <laughs> Hader and anna kendrick are secretly dating yeah, that pissed me off. That's like my celebrity <laughs> crush. Where has she been since uh, Pitch Perfect? That's your celebrity crush, really. <laughs> One of them. I mean, she kind of flies under the radar. She yeah. does. She, yeah, so Where's under the radar been? that that no one knew she was dating Bill Hader for a year. Yeah. I don't know where so, she's been, though, but she deserves more spotlight and more roles. She yeah, killed Pitch Perfect. Yeah. And she's pretty funny, and Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Yes, that. oh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. Was that her most recent role? I that's the most recent one I remember. Yeah, hopefully, she just got her bag and like made some investments and is living off that because I like Bill Hader a lot too. But. When is Barry coming back? Like, that's critically acclaimed show. It's been a, quite a, a while, I feel like. I, I, I never watched that show. Uh, I watched season one. It was good. Yeah, I I checked out a couple episodes, but I heard it gets better. 
have you guys seen train wreck it's like mixed reviews but i hear it's like a feel good like it's something that you enjoy but then i've also heard people say yeah it sucks the one with lebron in it uh and dude, amy schumer that, and amy schumer so with the it was terrible anything no just anything oh. amy schumer is attached to you can count me not even checking it out i think she's the least funny person ever but that's what's really up. There was a movie I, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of similar to it, The Big Sick, which that Indian dude that's super funny who was in, um, uh, God, Silicon Valley, and now he's super popular. Oh. I don't know his name. God, you know him if you see him, but like I don't yeah. know his. Yeah, Alex, go ahead and share your screen and enlighten us here. <laughs> so, what did you say he was in? He was in, he's in Valley. The Big Sick. Type in The Big Sick. Uh, which was like it's funny like ray romano's in it it's like just a like it's a funny movie but it's dark and it like tugs at you uh and then it like wraps it all around it's crazy um here we go and we will hopefully have that rundown for yeah there was no way in hell i was getting that name Uh, (laughs) oh that dude right first one oh dude this is there's judd yeah he's ripped he's ripped wow (laughs) Yeah, like that was the. I think he's a Marvel character now. So he like, you know how how does that, you know, everyone's getting in shape for a movie. Send me that workout plan. You know, stop Dude, hogging yeah. it for Hollywood. You can look Dude, up I, Chris Chris Pratt um, when he went from being like the big dude on Parks and Rec to going to being a superhero. His workout regimen was fucking insane, but he lost yeah. like sixty pounds. It's cool as hell when you do get to see what those guys, or not just guys, all the actors and actresses that like go through major body transformations. Right. Um, yeah. Brennan, did you enjoy this news that the Walmart Yodel kid has resurfaced and has been working for Subway the last two years? Yes, I've been watching his TikToks, but I think that that might be like a publicity thing <laughs> for Subway. Yeah, I mean, that'd be a heady play. Dude, uh, his like, song's viral right now on TikTok, and it's pretty. Yeah, weird. and the song, his song that's viral right now, came out in like 2019, and people are like just now discovering it. it isn't it famous for love or famous for loving you or something? It's a different. That's the other one. It's like I was holding on the doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was it? the yodel? I mean, they, we got to bring back the yodel from the beginning uh, where it all started. That was a great time when. <laughs> when the yodel kid got famous yeah. now he's just like whipping that, up subways the first time i ever saw that video i was fucking weak yeah. i was like what is this kid doing dude they that sampled respect. uh big booty mix what the two friends they sampled one of his songs and it's actually a banger part of one of their well mixes. and he got on the uh old town road by lil nas x remix too Oh wow! Really, with uh, Young Thug and Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> That's he's right. Also a great time. Yeah, but uh, it's good to see that he's really staying grounded, working at Subway. He probably yeah. got a he probably got a bag after you know he blew up and was Yodel Kid. Dude, dude I, he was my, like traveling for concerts. I'm pretty sure. Like dude, he was yeah. like headlining. My theory, if it's not a publicity stunt, is that since he li- he lives with his old old ass grandparents that are like Tennesseans, maybe they're like protecting his bag and they're like, "You're gonna work, son, and then you'll get it when you're like." <laughs> oh yeah, and they're just like, "Hey, all right, twelve dollars. Here you go. We're gonna hold yeah, on." Yeah, but to then the when he's like, yeah. when he's eighteen or they pass away, he gets it. He gets it all. That's my theory. Yeah, they're yeah. What did the dude just like stacking meat? Um, <laughs> Brian Laundry claims responsibility for death in notebook found by his remains. What remains are they? Are we still doing this? This was kind of the it snuck out in the middle of the week. 
Um, is it the end? You know, are we going to take kind of, you know, what if his parents just wrote that just so it clears his name or whatever? I'm still putting the conspiracy tinfoil hat on, but that was kind of, was it closure? Was it some form of closure for uh, Gabby Petito's family? I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't really paid attention to it that much at all, but it very well could be like the media, I don't know, some sort of plant or making it up. I feel like, yeah. Like, how could they just now find that after? Right. And why would that, wouldn't that be a huge clue that we would uh, yeah. you know, hear right away? Wait a second. Like how, that was yeah, misspelled. How they, yeah. How are they just now finding his notebook? <laughs> Which was next to his remains. Yeah. Or just now reading it. <laughs> well, look. Right. Book. Yeah. Something's not adding up there. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Uh, but that again, it's just like you you let some time pass and then you slip in something that you hope people will uh somewhat accept and uh then they'll move on. Will you guys accept this? Any life to this long John Silver's conspiracy that there's a secret society of people just keeping the chain alive? Uh <laughs> People filmed themselves going into a Long John Silver's and there was absolutely nobody in there. Just like, and I was looking it up. I'm like, okay, we should test this out. You guys look if there's one in, I want to see if you guys go to one in Dallas and how the Long John Silver's is popping in there. Or if it is just, who, the only person I know who's ever been to one is Brendan. <laughs> I was going to say, I used to go there quite a bit. Back I'm pretty day. sure uh, the crew is keeping them in business right now in St. Louis. I think he's okay. goes. I, I, we don't even have one. There's one in the Mall of America. So, you know, maybe that one. So, so there's one uh, apparently eight miles from us. So we'll have to go check it out and see what kind of business they're getting. Yeah, check it out. If it's funny, if there's anything worth it there, you know, feel free to take some of that. And if it's not, <laughs> hey, you get your favorite meal, Brendan. Uh, yes. What, what do you get on. there? What's your, yeah. Um, usually like some fucking fried shrimp and some hush puppies, uh, some, I don't even remember, but I, I do know I get those two things. It's been a long time since I've been to a long John Silver's. <laughs> I know it's been a long time for everyone. It seems that was there. <laughs> They're still here. I guess I need, I need to find the secret society and join them. So I can go yeah. <laughs> you're not letting us know. <laughs> um, it came out that that guy, first of all, Chiefs Bill is one of the greatest games ever. If you watch that, ever, uh, ever, one hundred percent. And uh, the fan that ran on the field and got decked by Stephon Diggs apparently ran on the field for a thousand dollars, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, a thousand dollars, bro. Your that bail is going to be way more yeah. than that. Yeah. that ticket is going to cost way more than that. Like, <laughs> like what would it, it would probably be a million for me. I, maybe you could start talking to me at a hundred K. Yeah. Well, yeah. Depending on how you, well, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. You do get banned. But I was going to say, depending on what the, like, if I knew it was like, all right, it's going to be a ticket. It's going to cost $5,000 and it'll be off my record. I would do it for 50 K for sure. Dude, I'm pretty sure the fine on a national like game like that is 25k. Dude, that dude. Because remember, remember those girls that did it that went like viral. I don't know a year or two. Wait, are you talking about Julia Rose behind the World Series? Is that? I I don't know if that was it or not, but I'm pretty sure it was somewhere around that time. Maybe it was that where they were flashing the camera and got banned. I think think so. I I just remember there was some other fan and it kind of went public like they were. 
they were talking about it on their social media and stuff. And it's like, yeah, they got a $25,000 fine banned from all these games. Like, I don't know. It's just, I, I agree. It'd have to be a good hundred, 200 K before I'm like, okay. You get, maybe decked, you get decked by a football player. I mean, like, and then you fucking spend the night in jail, which is, you know, yeah. it's God, it's not the end of the world, but it's not the, you know, definitely not a thousand bucks worth. Maybe. Yeah. Not me. I would do it for a, an amount of money. If I was like, visiting the city to go to that game like right. if, I, if i got banned and i'm never gonna go your back, hometown like, team yeah that yeah like that's an idiot yeah and the dude yeah he didn't didn't seem like the smartest chap uh by the video no. but um, i also yeah. had a problem with like dude do that at the beginning or something not like in the most vital part of the game <laughs> and how did no he get down there what he was like should i do it okay and they just like <laughs> ran downstairs and all of a sudden he's on the field they were in the fucking nosebleeds <laughs> yeah there's two minutes left it's like this is fucking important like come yeah. on yeah <clears throat> it helped the Chiefs fans uh yeah. the sat will be fully online in 2024 it's got a few rest in pieces uh rest in peace scantrons rest in peace the pencil honestly i mean was it, that's gonna go next uh rest in peace the pencil sharpener in the wall at school <laughs> uh, people are never going to have to flex their outfits ever again. Pens. I mean, we're just going to have tablets get when then RIP school will just be going to the metaverse. So do you think it's going to be <laughs> easier or harder for kids to cheat now? I, uh, it's going to be harder because, uh, the, the adults are going to be techno now, uh, technologically more savant. Like, uh, I, sorry, Jack. They also, well, just to add on that, they also said that it's going to be easier now for some reason to cheat. Well, I no, mean, it's, it's just, just like SAT, SAT in general. Oh, wow, they're make it a, a little bit easier. Well, so. yeah, because you don't have to fuck it. Oh, you're saying they're going to make it easier. I mean, <laughs> the time it would take you to try, and then you have anxiety about scratching in that bubble for your freak. God forbid if you put the wrong bubble and you had to erase it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That big ass eraser you always had to have when you took an SAT. It just smudges your entire foot. Teacher's like, what the fuck is it? We can't use this. <laughs> fuck. Wait, did you guys, we were all, uh, SAT is a big kind of coastal thing. Did you guys yeah. take the SAT? We took, we took ACT. Right. Same for me. Um, yeah. The scores are all whacked there too. But that, I mean, it's yeah. just, everything's online. Just like at school, you know, we had laptops in college. Now every elementary school kids can have a, an oculus um, all right serious question should we go in and on nft dude yes i mean like a wing and an nft like it's a it's it's an investment we could uh you know like there's a lot of different things we could play with that we all think it's in the future we all what projects should we be looking at uh i think, asking, guys, I think we need to ask we our our boy omnisoul Oh, I've been, really. in, I've been in his DMs. Don't worry. We <laughs> should, you're saying we should uh, purchase one of his? No, Maybe. He's, he's got some he's he likes. We'll talk about Brennan and I. I've been talking about it. We'll we'll talk in a, in our next board meeting. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Because I think that's something like we. I think that's great content. We get an NFT. We could just kind of be like, hey, this is ours. You know, we all kind of collectively are in it. That way, we could put in money to get a better one. Combine money. Uh, and then we all reap the benefits, especially if uh, we think it's going to go that way, right? Also, I, still think eventually, I still think eventually we need Joey to make winging it NFTs, and we have our own project. 
and you know it benefits something it goes to alex's charity come on i've been thinking about our this. our charity our I, charity i like that i mean uh did you guys see the kind of the blowback from the full send nfts is there any further information from that everyone's going to call cap at some point but what's going on there i i saw something about what happened that got like they were it was scamming people or like people were selling fake ones or something I saw like they were buying their own to kind of drive up like, hey, a lot of people are buying oh. them because they have the money. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess someone like some dude called him out on TikTok and Kyle, you know, kind of gave uh, gave it life by kind of retweeting it and just be like, nah, bro. Fuck nah. But I can see that's my whole uh, weariness of this is like, I don't want to get, you know, are we too late to the party where we're caught holding the bag like everyone with meme stocks now? We're yeah. early, according to Gary Vee. We're according to Gary Vee. We're pretty early. Yeah. When when banks and every like Twitter's changing their whole platform to allow it, and right, you right. know, no one's paying them for that. It's because it it's the future. I wrote this yeah. down for core trades coming up on next month, but uh, Kathy Wood, who again is getting rocked this past year, everyone's been rocked. She she came out today and said she thinks Bitcoin's going to be a million uh, by twenty thirty holy fuck well dude it's on sale right now so maybe we just split a coin <laughs> we could do that too i think it's gonna hit like a buck 20 but not not a million anytime soon <laughs> well i mean it'd be an eight right. theoretically yeah yeah um who knows yeah you could i could also say yeah i think uh, my net worth is gonna be 20 million in 20 years okay yeah check back with me in 20 years you know, it's yeah. like, Dude, if i knew i had a milli coming in seven years i'd be pretty happy right now yeah I'm, I'm sitting on 40 shares of you know the uh the trust fucking etf and a milli. <laughs> um but here speaking of like crypto and like being paid out the nyc new mayor this guy uh, i forget his name but he's the new mayor people are excited about it for one of the biggest cities in the world uh takes his paycheck in crypto now, a lot was made about Odell Beckham doing this too. And then it was like, wait a second, Darren Revelle put this out. He's like, since Bitcoin tanked, hasn't OBJ technically been p- playing for free this year uh, yeah. for the Rams? But yeah. That would be like if it, it was like, hey, here's your contract. It's 20 Bitcoins. Oh, nope. It's actually 13. But what it is, is OBJ taking his paycheck, turning it into crypto, and it's just a loss on an investment, not necessarily his paycheck. Well, did yeah. did he take his bonus in crypto, or did he take like is all of his game checks? The mayor or OBJ? Uh, OBJ, 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 oh everything through uh, crypto, but it's again USD to which, and the whole reason they announce it is because they're trying to like crypto once athletes saying, "Hey, we're in crypto," you yeah. know. Otherwise, it, it would it, next thing. Once this becomes more commonplace, no one's going to announce that. You know, it's just everyone's going to have some form of crypto in their contracts. Mm-hmm. I think a little baby was just like recently. I saw that he, someone was asking him if he got cash, and he's like, "No, nah, I only have crypto these days." Yeah, and <laughs> uh, what's his name? I don't know how to say it. Nganu took half his paycheck. Francis did the fighter, the UFC yeah, Francis fighter. Ngannou. Yeah, he took uh, half of his in Bitcoins. That's, That's crazy. Interesting too. Like the OBJ, like his was obviously a uh, larger story, but I've seen probably like I'd say at least ten players that have also followed suit. Mm-hmm. But like linemen that you don't hear about and whatnot. 
Right. I like Brady's flipping people, fucking Bitcoins left and right. Uh, last thing here, because I don't understand it, and maybe someone does, otherwise we'll move on. What This is the new thing that I'm starting to see, right? It was first crypto, now it's NFTs. And now this is something I just don't even have a clue on. Web3? <laughs> what is it? I don't think I've ever heard. What is Web3? Dude, it's Metaverse. like, yeah, it's like the uh, next step. It's like all like the gaming. I think it's like. So the, is it the Metaverse or is it kind of something adjunct uh, adjacent to it? it? Dude, we got it. Uh, Go ahead. I was just, I was going to say, like, from my understanding, which is following along, right? But uh, from my understanding, it's it's basically going to set the uh, infrastructure so that what you know of the internet now, it's going to be allowed to be built on that. So the Web3 is probably just like at its simplest, like extra code. And then for like a whole new internet, like an even vaster system. Okay. Yeah, like there's going to be something like on there, like they want something to take over Google that like can't take data from us, yeah. like take our like. <laughs> it's going like to be like the show person of interest. Yeah, like how Google's getting in trouble for all that shit. Like it's supposed to like we be in control. I don't know, like yeah. some blockchain shit. I don't know. I have a good person down here. If we want to do a full crypto episode, we could have a guest. But we'll keep an eye on another. that. I like that. That's in the yeah. works. Uh, let's get a euphoria update. Alex, you don't like the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm loyal, like I'm doing it. I'm, I'm watching it, and uh, I, I don't disagree. The shots, the like cinematics, yeah, of it is great. Um, <laughs> it, the actors are really enjoyable to watch, but there's just some interesting shit. The, that you're not fucking well, with the script. Well, yeah, that's what it is. Is I think I'm just still in the first few episodes where they're developing stories and whatnot. So I'm trying to get through that, but. Like, I'm I'm watching it, semi enjoying it, but like I texted you all, I was like, I just don't know if I fuck with this. Like, <laughs> it's it's like, not for everyone. It's very off the wall. Like, well, and and it's like you just said, it's very off the wall. There's a ton of random stuff they'll throw at you, and sometimes I'm just left thinking, I'm like, is this gonna come back, or is this just gonna kind of like scar me for life? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, know. I mean, oh no, it'll all come back. I but literally, like, someone just smacks <laughs> you across the face, and it's just like, whoa, you just, like, haven't seen a show like this. You're, like, just so many different kinds. You're, like, damn. Um, we'll, we'll update, though. It is not safe for work content. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to, like, yeah, you got to be careful where you're watching it. You're on an airplane or, you know, you're turning around. Yeah. And you're, like, Jesus Christ, who's watching this scene with me? And season yeah. two is worse too. Like, <laughs> yeah, they really um, embraced the explicit content. Well, let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about that. Where it's just like, because I get they're like trying to <clears throat> enlighten us about you know the change that is going through people and especially young people. And I may be totally ignorant on this, <laughs> but it what is her name? Jules? Did mm-hmm. I just totally yeah. miss out? Is she trans? Yes, in yes. the show and in real life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had zero idea. Like that was this latest episode where they're doing like the whole they're kind of talking about, it, and then she takes a piss in the street. I was like, <laughs> "What? You didn't, you didn't know till season two? Till season dude, two, <laughs> bro? I got duped. <laughs> I was literally like, oh. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. That's news to me, but dude, I can, I kind of see it. That's news to you. Dude, now wait, I'm like, right. oh, so here's the thing. 
Yeah, I'm like right, four, they, they kind of they kind of tell you very sub like subtly, and I'm subtly, just like yeah. that's I again, it's like it's enlightening me, enlightening me about it's trying to ease the conversation about hey, Dylan, this is so normal now. Yeah, it, Dylan, we we watched we rewatched season one with someone who had seen it before and had, did not know it either. But if you go back and watch season one, yeah, now time, it's he, like he, the whole time he was like, "How the fuck did I not see that?" Like you. <laughs> Like, I know again, I'm gonna have to go back and just like wait a second, what? Because now this whole love triangle is like, what, how, where's going, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, it's I now that you guys say that the like psychi- psychiatric uh scene kind of makes a little bit more sense to me, but oh, yeah, well. I, I'm gonna have to go back. And the last thing I had is now you know, the show is so popular that obviously it's trending on Twitter all the time, you know, you know, young people are into it. It's critically acclaimed. I, I send, you know, who the guy that plays Nate, he's going on G, uh, Jimmy Fallon. And it was just odd to see like Gen Z with late night TV. Like, did, did this guy even yeah. know who Jimmy Fallon was? Like, there's no way he's watching the Jimmy Fallon show or anyone <laughs> Gen Z. Yeah. They're going on the sink cup. I also didn't, you sent me that TikTok. I didn't realize he was Australian. Yeah, he's Australian, or, or, you know, I thought he was British, but I also yeah. didn't realize Jules was trans. Um, yeah, you, were, you, you nailed that TikTok, by the way, the one that you kind of did. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it flopped on the TikTok, so I had to fucking throw it on the gram. Oh, bummer. Did a little better. Um, Fez was on a Zoom call, like, talking about the show, and it was just like, Fez is literally us. Angus Cloud is literally us. He's just like, oh, uh, what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, I, yeah I don't know like <laughs> he was just not having it um okay that's how, that's how clink's gonna get a job um our guest later on literally he, he's he's yeah it's everyone gets discovered exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah so we'll talk to him shortly i'm just wrapping up there here and then we'll get some tea winging it uh austin's a busy man we're gonna get him back next week hopefully as well but we got brennan alex and jack duncan with us uh, I just binged the first season of Goliath uh, with uh, Billy Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, my mom loves that show. She told me to watch it. Season one's great, uh, and I heard it tails off. But I yeah. binged season one; it was fantastic, and like it just got me thinking. First of all, Billy Bob Thornton's a great, he's great in Fargo that first season. I think I started it. It's when he's like the alcoholic attorney, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's just like it, lawyer shit was kind of fascinating to me. I never watched Suits, but Suits is interesting, uh, you know, and it's just like how rich and powerful it can be, but also how like low it can be if you're not, if you're struggling, like if you're just trying to chase bail bonds and shit, how corrupt it could be like Gillian Maxwell, like and the shit that was going on in the show. I was just like, wait a second, what the hell could hire up people just buy shit and like even judges and we just don't even know and they just push stuff. And how scary would it be for you to be against like a team of lawyers or, or like a company and they just, they're, yeah. Yeah, our legal department will be talking to you. <laughs> that's like a, that's like, I watched the jinx since you last, I don't know, a couple episodes back. And I really like that show, but it kind of talks to what you're saying. Just you can it's get like, yourself. What? Yeah. Um, it's just that, wild. that Netflix one making a murderer is also, it's like, how does the, you know, the judicial system, it's like, how is it this corrupt? But it's like, what, you know, all the main jobs are hogging all the TV shows, you know, doctors, lawyers, uh, finance, secret agent. We have to have a fucking uh, NCIS Hawaii. Where's the love for the electricians? 
<laughs> you know, we, construction worker sitcom on CBS every Wednesday. Oh, we need that. You got a good idea there. We'll create it. I mean, I'm just looking for niches uh, that we could possibly do that's I'm, a little bit different. The things I see on my construction sites are freaking ridiculous, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's something there. Like, you could do something. Yeah. You could turn that into a show. <laughs> um, okay, last thing for me, wildfires in January. Crazy. Um, I think it ripped through like Eastern Colorado, maybe California. It's just insane. Um, And then just this headline that uh, alarmed me. Female Japanese snow monkey who lives in a nature reserve violently overthrows three males and her own mother to move up the ranks and become the first female alpha leader in the reserve's 70 year history. (laughs) Violently (laughs) overthrew. Uh, remember when wow. Brendan thought he could take a chimp? <laughs> like I'm picturing Golf like limbs, her. limbs hanging around, just like one chimp just taking out, you know, one against four. Um, I somehow saw a a cockfight on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> people, like, yeah, people how are did they... cockfights on TikTok now? Yeah, That's here's the up. story. Uh, <laughs> The monkey queen. Yeah. So it's like, holy shit, you know, for the first female leader, but yeah, that monkey, that's oh, crazy. Well. Um, Could you imagine uh, watching uh, like <laughs> as the fucking zookeeper or reserve leader and just like watching the violence, you can't intercept it too. You're just like, oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of cockfights this is a funny story. My mom's cousin or some of my mom's side of the family, like her cousins, they're pretty white trash. When I was like in like middle school, we go over to like their fucking trailer park house for a birthday and this is in the middle of nowhere missouri and we pull up and one of the trailers like across from my mom's cousin trailer has a sign like right in front of it it says cockfighting and it's got an arrow pointing to like their backyard <laughs> and we we walk in my mom's cousin's house and we're like hey there's a sign that's like says cockfighting she's like oh yeah they do that every saturday i think think cockfighting is more common than maybe we think bro that video was horrifying it was just like it was these two they just dropped them they're going at each other it's just a full you know mexican crowd just like no one was even cheering the one one rooster killed the other and everyone's like yep ref just came in like picked it up I love the it's people like, in the comments where it's like TikTok security be like, and it's just the blind guy. <laughs> uh, all right. That is it for me. Let's get some tea with Jack D and then we'll wrap up with uh, some good stuff from our guy. Let me, uh, Clint Hammer. Let me jump in there, Jack. Uh, what book do you start for this month? What? what did you start a book? Oh, dude, yeah, I'm reading a book. I'm reading the Will Smith book, his biography. Okay. Yeah, right, I, was, I, was, check here. I was just telling Dylan, I mean, I I need to keep reading it. I'm only at the end, like, when he just became a DJ, like, from his childhood. He's, like, 17. But we're, like, four chapters in. But I That's, appreciate you holding me accountable. I, well, I, the, I'm i with I you, mean, dude, because Zeller's – sorry to cut you off. But, yeah, Zeller sent me back with a book, and – I've set it down after like, I don't know, five, six chapters. And I'm that inspired me to get my uh, reading down. But next question was going to be, uh, how's dry January going? We're almost done here by next episode. You'll be, uh, you'll be liquid. Yeah. What are you boys doing? You're almost wrapped up. Dude, we've, we've it's honestly, tough. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> through it though. Yeah, I mean, it's Platt's had his mulligan. I mean, it's sucked like just like <laughs> sitting around, but like it hasn't been that bad. I've been taking advantage of it, like you know, going to the gym, trying to like be healthier, like eating stuff like that, just with being yeah. you no know, alcohol. Yeah. So it is great not being hungover every Sunday. Yeah. And money. it's so much easier to keep like um, a gym regiment. It's it's probably helped with this month of work, I'd say as well. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I have more TV. mental clarity. Yeah. Would you do it again? <clears throat> um, maybe next January. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> no, I mean, I think I kind of like it because like after the you indulge in the holidays and then you get like so. Uh, obliterated on new year's like a reset it's a reset yeah 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 Yeah, there was definitely (laughs) there was definitely one that i got into the modelos a bit too hard there and then i had like a freaking like i just had to go to a red i gotta get a new registration appointment which is at 8 a.m i wake up i was like there's no fucking way in hell i could do this (laughs) i just blew it off i was like i'll go back again yeah I'll, Um, i'll add to it though uh my something that sparked since last week I'm trying to do the cold showers and the morning workouts. Oh, so. I've been okay. doing. We've been doing morning workouts. Um, yeah, but I've tried cold showers and I cannot do it. I can't do. <laughs> I literally once I turn the water to cold, I can't last for more than like three seconds without turning it back to warm. I feel you. <laughs> I, my method is I steam it up so much, like I get it as hot as it can go for about a minute, like yeah. before I get in. I get in when it's like all steamy. And I go cold for as long as I can, which sometimes, like you said, it will just. Oh, and then you just get out. Okay. Yeah. Have you, and have then, you seen yeah. any benefit from it? Because I've been. To, to be honest, yes. I feel so. I work out. I hit like a 45 minute workout. And then um, I try and hit my cold shower. And I will say my mental clarity is there. Like, I'll literally feel, hit one tomorrow morning and report back. Yeah, so, keep us posted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's benefiting my like day to day, but the morning workout regimen is detrimental to the like, 2.30 p.m. Oh, yeah. Speaking That's of true. regimens, I, my regimen has changed miraculously. Male grooming, manscaped, changed my life. Uh, I'll tell you, I've, I've never felt so safe shaving my sack in my life. I'll tell you that much right now. It's got a flashlight. Dude, my lawnmower. Like I got it for Christmas, dude. It's I it, had one. Shit's you broken. Did you? Yes. And I I'm missing it right now, but like <laughs> it's it's uh they're expensive though. They're yeah, expensive. I got I got I, Kelsey was like, What do you want for Christmas? I was like, fuck, manscaped. Bro, I could not even tell you what I was using before. Like it it, it was basically the equivalent of a rusty knife. Like I was trying to, like I was basically just trying to get after it with just this fucking terrible, terrible tool, you know, where I was afraid to do it. But Manscaped, I'm telling you, it's a, they get like ball deodorant and shit. Yeah, um, I got some. It's heat. We tried to uh, describe what it's like to a girl once, like recently, and we all ended up just being like, just it. It's the worst thing ever. Like, <laughs> to shave. Yes. Not, not, yeah, exactly. Except the lawnmower. Yeah, that's my endorsement. All right, let's endorse something we do every week. It's the tea with Jack date. All right. A U.S. lab is freezing bodies in hope of bringing them back to life. The Alcor Life Extension Foundation will freeze a whole body for around $200,000 or just the head or brain for $80,000. Um, yeah, leave me in the ground. 
Yeah, that's so fucking. I'd be scary. so par- pissed if my parents did that instead of like, like pay- instead of like leaving you money. Actually, no, we're gonna freeze ourselves and hope we come back in a new life. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's some Walt Disney shit. They also yeah, like Ted Williams. Yeah, I'm out on that. Um. Okay, Kanye and Antonio Brown are launching Donda Sports Brand. <laughs> You know what? Screw NFTs. We're getting yeah. in on that. Um, it's going to be an athletic apparel line. That dude, will... AB is making the rounds. Like, I saw Lo- he went on uh, Impulsive, and Logan was like, dude, what the fuck? You went on Nelk first. It's like, guys, <laughs> get, yeah. you know, there's more content out there. You don't have to interview the same person. You know? Yeah. Could you imagine a- Antonio Brown and Kanye West getting in like a business argument? like how business is booming just like what i mean just the two of the most mentally ill people yeah hey yeah someone on he was getting interviewed the other day and around and they go do you think you have mental issues he goes i got mental wealth yeah yeah, it was bryant gumble like you know everyone else he's doing these interviews no one's asking him a follow-up like fucking uh, AB's doing it. He's like, yeah, you know, they actually they tried to send me to the loony bin, and Brian Gumble was like, what? <laughs> Tampa Bay. He was like, did you just saying Tampa Bay tried to send you to a loony bin? He's still tweeting about the fucking bucks. He tweeted at Bruce Arians and called him a barbarian. Like he's, <laughs> yeah. he's nuts. Uh, I guess um, on that note, like with Antonio Brown, I mean. I guess never mind. I was just gonna say, if you're the organization, it's like, what do you do? But it's all up in the air. Go on. Never mind. <laughs> uh, sad, sad. Uh, anniversary. Kobe and Gianna Bryant's passing was two years ago today. It's crazy. It was already two years. It was like we, that's when we knew 2020 was gonna be so shitty. We just didn't know it was gonna be 20 yeah, and 21. I literally, I remember literally. Like I was filling up a drink at Noodles and Company when someone said it to me. It was like 9-11. You remember where you were at. I was just like, mm-hmm. I was just in my house. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's and another you just, thing. You Simpsons, can't move. Yeah. Simpsons threw out there. They uh they had an episode with him and a chopper. Yeah. Oh god, <laughs> that's just so eerie. That's crazy. Um, but he, what, what's crazy too is like he was regularly traveling in a helicopter you know and like the week after that people were like holy shit like Kawhi Leonard's like shit I'm not about to fly in a chopper anymore and then succession made it the coolest thing in the world you know it's just easy travel through fucking yeah. chopper uh, payment apps now have to tell the IRS if you get more than $600 a year so bro that's kind that of that might throw a wrench in some gamblers' lives. Well, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, if my, if my mom has given me over six hundred dollars just because, like, hey, I love you, sweetie. Like, yeah, hey, I'm wiring you some Venmo. Yeah, yeah. Like, if it adds up to six hundred, are they gonna after my taxes this year? Are they it's, gonna be like IRS it's, fraud? It's only if you're a business account. Oh, really? From my understanding, so yeah. Hopefully. So the if homie someone just re- if someone just reimbursing you for something. You know, right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, someone. Yeah, just your friend yeah. over, like, like a fucking just a week in Vegas, and all of a sudden it's taxed. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that makes me feel better. Um, okay, Mexico's cartels are recruiting minors on live of Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> I saw <laughs> dude, that, dude. and I didn't know if that was true. Yeah. 
Um, I don't – do we know how? Like, I just don't – do you think that they're, like, targeting 13-year-olds and they're, like, like you know, people that are susceptible to it? Yeah, brainwash yeah. them. I mean, dude, the scariest one I always heard growing up was if there's a car with their headlights off when it's at night, that's, like, don't flash them because it's a cartel member in a gang initiation. You'll – he'll have to kill you or something. What? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, bro. I, yeah. Screw being helpful. I'm never fucking telling someone to turn their lights on. That one's always haunted me. But then again, like I've read like, good God. I think like long Island had a really bad, like gang problem in their high schools where like kids were getting killed. Like some kid got killed with a machete like a couple of years back. And yeah, Dude, it's I, happening here in Denver. We've got, the past year there's been like three or four like gang violence issues outside of like high schools in denver or like aurora and um the police are just like opening an investigation because it's like it's clearly not the students as much but it's like yeah i don't know damn um Kanye West believes he should get a cut of what the paparazzi makes for using his image ever of course he does (laughs) <laughs> but like the, the paparazzi is the biggest scam in the world it's crazy all those videos of justin bieber like trying to interact with him just like dude man can you just get the camera out of his out of my yeah. face and he's like oh sorry justin you know your yeah. fans and it's like dude <laughs> yeah they were like to addison ray they're like how do you feel that so-and-so said your movie was the worst movie ever made in the world yeah. and she's like okay. look at her face he's like oh you're crying uh <laughs> why are you crying <laughs> yeah i don't know is it because of bryce do you think that's why you're openly <laughs> weeping in front of me um metro boomin says he will be dropping a hundred songs this year <laughs> is that too so much it I mean, might be but he's pretty fire so hopefully they're like, well i mean he works with a lot of different artists so it could yeah turn. like gucci main i now like resonate with this dude puts out like an album every two weeks and it has 30 songs of just the same sounding <laughs> shit and i'm like i can't do this anymore i like you for the rapper you were but you, you this volume is killing me yeah okay squid game season two is apparently gonna uh start the squid game universe so they're gonna make all different content off it like all different spinoffs and stuff like that. sorry i don't like i missed the party i haven't watched it i am out i feel like the the fizzle the sizzle is uh gone away from that show maybe it'll come back maybe it won't look what tiger king 2 did except for you guys in the long john silver crowd well it's like like i feel like when a show for example like breaking bad season one came out everyone was like up for season two no one's really talking about like season two of Squid Game, even though yeah. it's so popular. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. like it it had its moment in time and it almost passed, even though yeah. they tried to capitalize it. Yeah. On it. Well, um, Peter Dinklage, who's the um, the, he plays Tyrion Lannister. He plays yeah. the dude in Elf. I don't know the. I think the he's a dwarf little person. Amazing, little person. Amazing actor. Yeah. Yeah, little person. I believe is the correct. Well, yeah. So Disney is remaking Snow White right now with real people, and he is hot about it because he said that they're depicting the seven doors um, is like depicting people with dwarfism. Well, so it was uh, so they're remaking Snow White, right? It's like, you know, hey, we're redoing the M&Ms. We got to redoing everything. Okay, we're going to redo Snow White. It's with a Latina woman as Snow White and Peter Dinklage is going, 
really? That's what you changed. <laughs> he's, been, he's like, he's oh, like, come on. Like, he's like, what, the, you, you don't change the dwarfs too? You know, we do. Yeah. It's like, all right, please. <laughs> um, okay. This is the most Tom Cruise thing ever. He's got a new movie coming out. That's going to be like one of the first movies ever filmed in space. And they're building a, <laughs> a studio in space right now for him. Of course, Tom Cruise has to be the first to do it. And he has to be, he has to do all his stunts on the moon. Yeah. Is it yeah. going to be a mission impossible or is it just like another? Um, no, it's, it's just another movie, but one of my favorite Tom Cruise movies, which is kind of like, it's like spacey. It's like futuristic oblivion, which does not get any love whatsoever. And I, I it's one of my low key favorite movies. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Let's watch. Check it out. So they're going to build it on connected to the International Space Station and it's going to open in late 2024 and then it's going to break away in 2028 and be its own thing floating out there. So I don't know how that works. And what, just be an asteroid or like still have service? It's like, hey, we forgot I, Bill. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay. Last couple of things. Simply Lemonade is teaming up with Miller Lite this summer to drop simply spiked drinks like seltzers. Yum. So those might be I, you said teaming up with Miller, like because every beer yeah, Miller owns a bunch of shit. Yeah, I was yeah. at first I was like, oh my, you know, Miller has kind of no. that skunky taste. It's like like that with lemonade, but no, <laughs> it's just the brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I just saw like five minutes ago, Brooks Kepka dyed his hair Eminem blonde. Um, <laughs> Why is everyone yeah. doing that now? Um, and then piggybacking off that, they just started filming the other day they the the new netflix series it's like f1 but for the tour the pga tour i'm players are like all in on it it's gonna be sweet who do we have oh god first of all jack led with brooks kepka died and i was like what oh no (laughs) um well yeah i mean it's funny because they got what is this (laughs) why is he staring at essentially in one of these pictures yeah Um, yeah (laughs) They, he has to wear a hat on tour all the time, so it's kind of like it almost defeats yeah. the purpose. Remember, yeah, yeah didn't we, didn't swimmers have to do that before, like a big meet or something? Bleach their yeah. hair. Some, some so show like that, that. That might have been hazing, but we don't. Have to <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and then last two things that well, what to watch for sure? Ozark, where we got two episodes left. Uh, oh, does it get better? I'm two in, and I'm kind of like it gets. TikTok. I think it, I think it's about to start. Like. Okay. it's gotten better yeah i would say the last episode yeah it was yeah yeah and then yesterday dropped a netflix documentary about neymar which looks pretty cool about neymar's life interesting um if you're a soccer guy or not he's just interesting and rich and then kanye's documentary is supposed to come out on netflix but he said <laughs> i'm going to say this kindly for the last time i must get final edit and approval on this talk before it releases on netflix open the edit room immediately so i can be in charge of my own image thank you in advance so he's, he's banging who, on the door who fucking knows what's going damn that's tough that, because it's like i want to see it but i don't want to see it if he gets to say hey you don't get to see this i want to know what he doesn't want us to see yeah uh, shit but like that's, that that's all i got All right. Appreciate it, fellas. That's the tea with Jack D. Brendan, Alex, Jack, I'm Dylan. We'll get Austin back next week. Now let's hear a little bit more from our guy, Andrew Klinkhammer, and his journey uh, through improv and two podcasts.
All right, I'm excited to get this guy on. This is an old friend, Andrew Klinkhammer, host of Clink's Coaster, the podcast. You can find that wherever you enjoy your podcast, Double K's, Clink, and Coaster. Uh, Andrew, great to get you on. I want to start with a little bit about your journey. Seattle to LA to currently Chicago. You've started a popular brand when Milk the Day. You've done improv, chased your dream in acting, and now you're in podcasting. Uh, you know, you like you're creative, like we consider ourselves here. You know, you like having content. You're so vulnerable with your audience and personable with your audience. I really respect that from you. But a little bit about how you've got to this part in your journey and then what you learned along the way. Yeah, I mean, well, for one, thanks for having me on here. And I feel like I just got introduced like I've actually accomplished something. <laughs> like, of course. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Not that like, uh, I think I look at when I started Milk the Day and I didn't, I just struggled through trying to figure out a direction to take the brand in. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I think the whole point is like, it feels like, all of the creative experimentation that I've had, the trial and error, and just like that feels like a success. And I make that joke like I've accomplished something as if I have like, if, if what are the metrics, right? Are we measuring success basis based off followers or metrics? You know what I mean? I, I make that yeah. joke just because it's like, to me, everything I've done has just been like a passion project and just a big creative experiment. And I think, um, to like give you a synopsis of like the story of that is that's really what my life has been since I graduated from Mizzou. It was just kind of like, I've never, I, I, ha I never jumped into like the traditional job or the path that I did feel that cultural pressure of like coming from Chesterfield. And like, that's kind of like what all majority of my friends are doing, right? It's like going and walking into like, um, you know, a stable job, whatever that right. looks like. And I just like, kind of my mindset at graduating college was that job's always going to be there. I think I'll be good at it, but like, what do I actually want to do for me? Not to prove anything to anyone, but like, what is in my heart and in my soul of like, what the fuck am I interested in? I was like, always been into comedy. I've always just been a natural, like want to make people laugh. And I was like, well, now's the time to ex start experimenting with that and taking it more seriously in the sense of like, okay, yeah, there's plenty of ways to be creative and make a living. So like, it started with towards the end of college, creating the milk, the day brand. And it started with the travel banners and like the milk, the day merch and stuff. Right. And then it, it just kind of evolved. And it was like, Hey, I love this brand. I love the message, you know, the inspiration of milk the day, like the root, it stems from like the Lenzens and Oliver's accident and, you know, losing close friends in high school. It was like, made me really reevaluate my mindset for, towards life. And it just put this fire in me to like, okay, there's no time to waste. The only thing that matters is the impact we make on other people. And it was like that formulated into like this fun milk the day brand. And that was kind of the inspiration behind it. Um, you you and, mentioned kind of your journey there too. And it like taking a sure. different path, right? You didn't want to get, my brother's sure. very similar where he just hates kind of the rigid, the rigidity of, you know, just having, be, feeling stuck almost in something that you're not super passionate about. You know, I just, I chased, uh, you know, sports broadcasting out through the Dakotas sure. through traditional means like radio. And I kind of, you know, as we get older and we do trial and error and we learn what's going on, this is the digital content creation age, 
you know, so it was smart to get into this sphere when we did. And it's all yeah. about just, you know, going out, doing your own thing. And I mentioned how kind of your vulnerability, you talk to the audience. And I think that's a great way to build personal connection and eventually build out that audience. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the if you listen or consume any of my content, I mean, for years, the more I've learned about the importance of vulnerability in your life, it's it's something that I I'm I I use it and I promote it because I think it's important. And it's I especially think it's important coming from like a you know a, from a man because it's just like you know like the masculine stigma of like men don't want to be perceived as weak, weak therefore they you know, aren't vulnerable because they don't want to be perceived as weak. But then it, there's all those complications with that of just like it's it fucks up your mental health. And it's just like limits the depth of your relationships with this. Obviously, we all want to have, you know, depth within our relationships. So it's like it just seems like the more and more I've applied it to my life and learned about it, that I've reaped the benefits of it. And it's like I wouldn't it's one of the most life changing things I've ever learned and applied in my life, actually. So like that for that reason alone, I'm just like, I won't shut the fuck up about it. You know, I think it's, and I think it's important, you know? So, yeah. To, to kind of bounce off that actually a story. One of the first times I ever actually met you was we were in the same fraternity in Pike and it was just you and I in the front room late at night. Yeah. And you were kind of, you know, be in like terms of vulnerability, you were like talking about how, you know, it doesn't really matter about getting a job, just be happy, stuff like that. You're also bouncing off the walls. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's <laughs> he's crazy, but he's hilarious. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know. I always thought you were one of the, the funniest people. And, you know, I loved – I wish we still had Milk the Day around. I'm still repping. Oh, yeah, yes, baby, there we go. The flag. I was my favorite T-shirt. I'm pretty sure I've even hit you up before asking if we can – No, yeah. Well, yo, okay. First of all – I appreciate you guys for like always all of you have always been supportive of milk the day and like shit I've done. And like, probably don't remember because it was like early on. I just remember like, I, I remember talking to you at Pike and like getting fired up and passionate in that conversation. And like, I've always enjoyed all of you. Great energy, always supportive. And like, it's just been like time fucking cooks. And I'm genuinely interested in like hearing more about like what all you guys have been working on, where, how your goals have changed, what your goals are now. And like, um, it, no, it's hilarious that you have, still have like the milk the day flag and like, hey, I can still have the vendor in St. Louis who has always made my merch like create. I could still make milk the day merch and shit. And it's funny because every once in a while, people still hit me up and like, yo, I still want a fucking hoodie, even though I'm not really doing the brand anymore. I, so we can do that. We can do that. A hundred percent. I lost <laughs> my shirt. So I, I, I need one. I need <laughs> another one. People have said that, dude. It's I like, still, I, I yeah, Dude, me, Ripple, I, everyone, they still wear them. Like, Dude, you were talking about how you kind of so let that pass, but, you know, that's the thing is you could always go back to it because you kind of joke about, you know, what have I done? I would argue with, Dude, you built like a really strong brand, like immediately out of college that people were just like, you know, we weren't necessarily in touch because I went to Bradley, but I still we still followed each other. And I knew, damn, he's out there killing it. And how about taking a leap of faith and then growing that following based on just such a positive thing? Like, I thought that sure. seriously, like it was a huge thing. And I guess the door is always possibly open because you clearly know there was a strong audience for it. No, that's no, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is it was genuinely like a few years of like time, effort, energy. I invested into that and it, we were getting momentum. There was a, a very loyal, 
you know, audience that in fan base of milk today. And it was like, it was so fun. And to this day, I miss it. And it, it literally is the last post I have on milk today is like me ranting for two minutes about how hard it is for me to walk away from the brand and how it's just what I need to do right now. But I say in there that it's not over. It's just like dormant. It's just like, we're just hitting the pause button on milk today. I do think there's a good chance of it being brought back to life in a different light at a different stage at a different point in my life. And it's like, I will never say, cause I still live the milk today lifestyle. It's still how I live my life. Like I'm through the outlet of milk of everything that I do, like the podcast and everything. It's still like the intentions are the same. I live my life the same and I'll find myself feeling inspired about like life. And I'm still like referencing and like feeling like, the ambassador of like the milkman of milk today where I'm just like, oh, this is still nothing's changed. And I, and the thing I love about milk today, the mindset and what it's about is no, I don't give, it has nothing to do with, you know, like when it comes to like people's having like specific religious beliefs, for example, I just think it's like this very inclusive, broad, simple message. That's hard to not be aligned with where it's like, who doesn't agree that living your life to the fullest isn't just about living it selfishly to like feel the best for you. But a lot of how we derive fulfillment from life is making a broader impact, the positive impact we make on other people, not just ourselves. Right. So it's just like, I think almost everyone, why it resonates so well is it's like, I don't, it doesn't matter what religion you are. It doesn't matter what age or race or whatever. It's just like, do you want to strive every day to go do it, you know, go out of your way to make a positive impact when you can, even in the little, small, insignificant moments? And it's like, I think everyone is like, fuck yeah, milk the day, right? Like, yes. it's, just, it's the same thing as seize the day, but nothing about seize the day says, you know, like outward a little bit more. Like, seize the day is like, I'm going to make the most of my day by striving to like spread positivity in, in an aspect exactly. it's just that that little element of like it's not just about me seizing the day it's about like through spreading you know good vibes you know i think i just want to add there like it it's surprising how often the milk of the day comes to mind in my daily life and uh it's not just that it's you know we could go into some other brands that some of our friends have kind of gotten into but it's that mentality that has kept so many of us like it, involved with it or the idea of it and thinking like, man, my day could be falling apart, fires everywhere, trying to put stuff out and, you know, just helping someone at the gas station, like that little positivity or whatever, just changes everything so quickly. And it's just like, Hey, milk the day. Like, remember like adulthood, all we're all going through our own shit and it's like, Hey, right. just be positive to one another. Yeah. Right. Real quick, with the the laptop where rec I'm recording this on, sticker. Let's go, Jack. Come on, I'm a fan. I know you all, dude, bro. I know, I know you have been, dude, and I I love that. Like all, like yo, I Alex too, like and like all of you in different ways. And I, it's like, it makes me so happy that you latched onto it and that like from the beginning, you've always like commented and followed and shared and just like been about it. And I fucking love that. And I love that you still have the stuff and are still about it. Cause I too am still about the milk today. You know, it's just like, it's, it's tough though. Cause like if I had more time and I had the ability to do like a million different things, like that's frustrating as an ADHD creative person where it's like, 
I mean, that's why my story of shit is so random and all over the fucking place. It's like I, when I first moved, when I first moved to Chicago, I was like reevaluating. I was like comedic acting, stand up comedy. I'm doing the improv stuff. Now I started this podcast. So I pretty much started a podcast after I set milk the day down. Well, where, where, I guess I'm just rambling at this point. Do you want me? Do you want, where would you want, what would you like to know about my, the story of it? Like I can just give you a few random, like key lessons I had from all of that, but it's like, sure. I, I actually want to talk a little bit about LA and kind of experimenting yeah. with improv and a couple things on that. First, we're talking with Andrew Klinkhammer, check him out. Clink's coaster, wherever you enjoy your podcast. All right. I'm going to lump in a couple of questions here for you. Um, First of all, what are some of the difficulties of improv that people don't normally realize, right, until you've done it? Uh, explain to me the difference in culture between L.A. and the Midwest, because I heard you mention that on your podcast, mm -hmm. and I it resonated with me because I experienced that from the Northeast to the Midwest in high school. So I know, like, it's crazy just comparing the yeah, two. Yeah, And then really lastly, is. did I hear this correctly? You didn't have a bedroom in L.A. What were some of the difficulties of that rooming with three people? Just well, the immediate so knee-jerk reaction is masturbation's very hard when someone's in the... <laughs> when when someone's yes, in the bunk yes. above you, you don't want to rattle the fucking bunk bed. You know what I'm saying? That's the like most the movie, obvious the way. Yeah. That's the most. That's the quickest way to get caught jacking off is when you <laughs> rattle a bunk bed, dude. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah, that's that's one of my recurring nightmares. <laughs> oh fuck, that's funny as hell. I forgot about that. That used to be a challenge. It was like you had to like be you had to be strategic, dude. It was like, okay, my roommates at work. You like know the schedule, but like three right, roommates. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm like, cool. Like, I guess I can go into the bathroom, and if they come home, I just happen to be taking a shit, right? It's like fucking hey, yeah, that was a pain in the ass. <laughs> Never had to be so goddamn strategic, man. Like. Right. I, could I would accident. I would unintentionally like no fat for a week, but it wasn't because I wasn't horny <laughs> trying to get one off. It was it was There's because no I didn't no, have yeah. an opportunity. The opportunity is like, fuck, my roommate told me he was supposed to be gone. This was my day to beat it. Now I got to wait three days. <laughs> it builds up. It kills you. Yeah. OK, well, you asked three questions. Uh, my memory only allows for one. What was the first? Oh, the toughest thing about uh, improv, like sure. some of the challenges of it. I think initially uh, the biggest resistance or fear people have when like I talk about, like I, I always encourage people to take improv classes just from a confidence thinking on the spot thing. I think it, there's benefits to it no matter what the fuck you do. I don't care if you're an aspiring comedian or, act or actor, if you're just a salesperson the confidence of performing in front of people and like thinking on the spot helps you as a communicator and every you communicating in life is important. So I think it helps with communication and confidence, but I think the challenge is that, that that's the biggest one. People are afraid to try it because they think I need to be witty and funny to do improv. And I'm not, and they, they, they self that self critic is saying, Oh, I, well, I'm not that funny. Like I wouldn't be good at it. And what I've learned about improv is, and what they'll teach in it is that, you don't have to be funny. And when you try and be funny, that's usually when you're not funny. And when the funniest stuff doesn't happen, it's when you naturally respond honestly in the moment, that's when the funniest shit naturally unfolds. And some of the funniest moments I've had in my classes were like 
what's cool about improv is there's people of all different ages. Like there's like corporate people trying to get out of their comfort zone. Then there's like aspiring young actors. Like there's such a diverse group, which makes it funny because you have different people at different stages bringing their life perspective and like they'll it's fucking hilarious. And like, I don't know. I think that's what I hear from people. So I think one of the challenges is getting over the fact that you think you have to check all these boxes just to like take an improv class and just like not, makes put so much pressure on it and just allow yourself to just experiment with it without like thinking you need to be funny or whatever that's a big thing um what was the second question about uh culture difference between la and the midwest because now you are currently in chicago you felt yourself you liked la but you felt yourself wanting to get back a little closer to home yeah i mean i'm really careful to ever try and throw shade on la just because there's some things that I didn't like about the culture compared to growing up in the Midwest, like St. Louis culture. Um, But there's, there's so many different fucking aspects of a culture too. That's why I think it would be like ignorant to try and put it all in one thing. It's like, what do we talk? Like what aspects of culture are we talking about here? Cause it's like, there's so many different things. Like in my podcast where I talked about, uh, you know, that being a reason why I moved to Chicago, it's all so because my goals and my priorities change. I stopped pursuing traditional acting. I didn't need to be there for the industry. So other things that I didn't like about the culture became more important. And that was like day-to-day cultural and interaction of like the kind of people I vibe with and the level of welcome, welcomingness, friendliness that you experience on a day-to-day basis, going to the grocery store, going to the gym, whatever. It's just like in West Hollywood, I feel like there was a lot of people where it's just like, you walk past people, they just see right, they look right through you. There's no like, hi, how you doing on the side of the street? Like, right. if you go to the store, like you just do basic everyday life shit. It is very different. And it's just like people's level of friend, like friendliness to strangers and just like the overall vibe of how, how people's attitude towards to be. I really noticed at least. And the other thing is I'm living in West Hollywood. You move up to North yeah, Hollywood. Right. It sounds like it's a whole different ball game up there, like LA's like, but it's like that's one that's one aspect where I was like the level of overall how common it was to just deal with the friendliness and just the attitude of people in the small bubble of West Hollywood at times. It was just like uh interesting. But um the creativity, the entrepreneurial spirit, the the diversity it's a melting pot of people from all over the world people move from everywhere to go there so it's cool you're meeting people from all over the place and i think that's i think diversity diversity is important because you're in st louis and you're in the bubble of west county it's a bunch of white motherfuckers with the white trophy (laughs) chamber sure yeah at the fucking country club fucking at least you can beat off in that uh <laughs> at least you can beat your fucking dick in peace out there. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's one reason to stay in the le- you should get that's, your own. That's why you for- came home. That's right. Admit <laughs> it. That's why you came home. Yeah. Uh that's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But uh anyway, like, yeah, but just that's just to name some things that I liked about it. But once I took acting pursuit off the table and I realized I could do improv and I could do social media stuff in Chicago the culture and the price of living became more of a priority where it's like, once I took the acting off the table, it took me away. It's like, I would have tolerated those things and found, I keep putting effort into building myself out there, finding the right people and social circles to making friends or whatever. Like 
I would have done it if it was like it was actually like my life dream to be an actor or whatever. It's like you deal with, you know, you deal with those those other things. But once I took that off the table, it kind of just switched. But those are a few things, you know. Yeah. Was, so I guess yeah, just to kind of no, you back, answered. Yeah. Just to kind of go back to like the because you have me interested. Like I, now I want to take an improv class. But like yeah, so you, you should you guys <laughs> all three of you, I think, would not you have already have a natural you know, sense of humor. It's kind of what again, we're doing here a little bit, you know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. We should do that as a, as a, as a podcast, we'll take a class. I'll come down to Dallas. We'll uh, do something down there. Dude, I'm in. Let's do it. But <laughs> saying, Jack? Uh, yeah. So I guess kind of what kind of made you realize that traditional acting wasn't where you wanted to go. And then when you did like what, I guess, what are you kind of doing right now in Chicago with, Mm -hmm. improv and i know you're a live in the moment guy but like i know you have dreams is there a goal with with improv? yeah dude it's 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 evolved and changed a lot even in the last six months because i've lived in chicago for like two years but your first question um i did like eight months of acting classes and only three at home self-tape auditions because most auditions i would do you memorize the script you shoot a self-tape at home and then you submit that as your audition. A lot of them are self-tapes. They're not like drive to the studio and do it in person. At least the first one, you shoot a video. If they get a, get a call back, then you might go in or whatever. It was literally in my like second or third audition for like a feature film. And they came through random opportunities. Like someone at my gym was shooting a feature film. And he's like, you can audition for my film. Like we're getting funding. Like this shit's going to happen. Like you know, I found out this guy, Todd, in the movie could be a good role for your personality. Like, here's the script. Send me a self-tape, whatever. And I, I struggled for days and days to memorize the script and get invested in the story and, like, shoot the tape. And I was just like, acting was just the next thing I kind of dove into when I set the day down. But it wasn't like I moved to L.A. because it's my dream to be an actor on a TV show or a movie. It's, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It's just something I wanted to try. So, obviously, I didn't have a massive dedication to the pursuing acting anyway. So I just scratched the surface with taking a bunch of classes, but it was when I was doing that uh, self-tape, I was struggling. I realized I'm, it's a weakness of mine, memorization. So I already hate the process of trying to memorize shit, but I also realized I just didn't have enough of a desire because I didn't, I just didn't really care. I was like, okay, like I put in all this work and I despise the process. I don't, want to even get past this adversity of doing this one role for, so that I can do this feature film so that I already know I don't want to do the next one. It's like, I immediately right. knew I was like, this would be a fun experience. And I think I would want to do some smaller budget projects. And like, it'd be fun to act in a role. Granted, I guess the role I was auditioning for wasn't much of a comedic role. There were certain elements that would make me more interested and have more of a desire, but I don't know. Then I had to be really honest with myself because I had romanticized and started to started to fantasize when I was in my acting classes. And like, I thought I had potential for it and I started getting better at acting. And I was like, I think I could be good at this, but do I, how interested in am I? And I clearly didn't get very far when I was like, after that audition, I self sent the tape in. And I was like, I don't even, I don't like, I hope he doesn't even like, like it because I don't really want <laughs> fuck. But, but anyway, I, even when I set the acting down, I was like, I feel like it could come back. I feel like if I ended up doing stand-up or if improv school leads to comedic acting in the future, I think there's other ways for it to come back where I'm 
in a different place and I have a different desire, like I'd never say that I couldn't end up pursuing acting again. I think I would primarily want to pursue comedic acting, but uh, that's kind of when I run into that. But I had to be honest with myself because there was a part of me that like hung on to this, like just that fucking Hollywood fantasization dream of like acting is this amazing thing. And they're like, at the end of the day, it all comes down to the process because if you don't right. enjoy the process or find a way to enjoy it, you're not going to last. And it's like, but there's nothing wrong with get, you know, I'm so glad I got eight months into acting classes and two auditions in to go fuck it. Not right now, yeah. but I, ha I had to get there. Right. I couldn't sit there and wonder, I wonder how much I'd like acting. I wonder what it'd be like to be like to take an acting class in LA. I wonder what it'd like to be shooting it up. Sub tape. I did it. And then I said, fuck it. So cross it off the list, put it in the fucking parking lot of things that I've tried. And then it's like on to the next thing. And we're all we're narrowing shit down. It's like, right. Yeah. And then the, and then the, I naturally was like, I want to start a podcast. And then I occasionally make those and I'm not putting any expectations on it because I don't have a, but th this leads into your next thing. What's my current goal? Continue to train at uh, second city. I'm about to finish level five at second city. Then uh, I, audition for the conservatory program is another year um which connor o'neill you know connor o'neill yeah no shit you're you're that he's, far. I, keep going. he's uh i was just gonna say i've reconnected with him and he's he's uh like three classes ahead of me he's he made it in the conservatory he's training in the conservatory so it's been fun reconnecting with him and kind of learning about the program but my goal is to go as far as I can at Second City in the improv program. And then what I'm realizing is that leads to certain things. If you're top tier, one of the most talented people, you could maybe be a regular at main stage performing re regularly at Second City, or you could be with a Second City performing team where you're traveling around doing improv shows. And then there's like different levels of performing teams at Second City. And it's like, I don't know... Even if I could do that, I don't know if it's something I would want to do, you know, perform right because it's a lot of work, not a lot of pay like you'd it'd really be a huge commitment. I, I one, I don't know if I'll be good enough to do that, too. I don't know if I want it when I get there. But one thing's for sure. I love improv so much as a hobby that I just can't get enough of it. So I'll go as far as I can at Second City. But I've also learned being in the improv community here, there's like two other really popular improv schools that do training. So when I'm done at second city, regardless of how far I make it, I'm going to jump into the annoyance. They do great classes. They do a different style of improv and I would just get more training. I'd get better and I'd get to do more improv. So like, I just know I'm going to live here and do as much improv as possible. And starting to perform on Sundays with friends from class. Like we have like kind of like an improv team and they do like improv open mics, similar to like what they do with stand up. And you can just go do like a 10 minute improv set. And that's been fun. Um, so my goal right now is I'm working this software sales job. It's challenging. I'm making more money. It's, it's fun. I genuinely like this software sales job, which is cool. And then just doing a fuckload of improv and occasional podcasts, but I'm all, I'm in the midst of like figuring out the next priority and like formulating these goals, you know, like we could talk right. in six months and just like fucking six months ago, it was like, I thought I was going to be a fucking YouTuber, dude. When I first moved here. When I first moved here, I was occasionally doing the Clink's Coaster podcast. And then I, uh, I randomly was like, I'm going to go all in on making weekly YouTube videos. And I was, I was kind of inspired by like one weekly vlog. I was like, I could just document my life for a week and just like beef, 
collecting a bunch of shit, then trim it down to an episode similar to like maybe like a David Dobrik where it's like every week I just put out an episode of my life that's like a vlog. And I experimented with it for like a month. I made YouTube videos and they didn't end up really being vlogs. It was just like I would just make a random video. But <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. And I just stopped. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that's that's good. And I just touching base, like to sum up, it's it's really just what we've talked about in the past, Clink, where yeah um just finding what's fulfilling for you and like it you know you can take a step back sometimes and realize hey i might be making six seven figures at this job but i don't love it and like it you when you talk to people that try something go on to the next and like i don't know just learn from their experience typically those people are happier in life and more fulfilled because they i don't know set down the checkbook or whatever it is. And they're not worried about it. And they're worried about being happy and everything. Um, but I wanted to kind of use that as a transition to, uh, something we talked about briefly, but it's, uh, it's, it's rock life. Oh, you tell me a little bit about rock life. (laughs) Dude, that was so funny. All right. I love that you picked that off the list for me to just, just riff on real quick. Let's do it. So (laughs) So, I thought of this concept of like, I honestly, it's just like an idea, almost like a concept for a brand just called rock life, which is essentially just this idea that I've formulated recently when I was just ranting about like, you know how, when you're just going through the rotations of life and then you like find yourself being stressed out about like your job and like what's right in front of you happening in the moment. And you forget like how big the world is and how you're just like, how fascinating it is that we're even existing and that like you get so zoned in on right here. So like sometimes when I need a refresh on my perspective and I'm like stressed out about small things that are rather smaller, like first world problems or just like feeling a lot. I have literally done it. This as like a thought exercise where I'm sitting there and I just kind of reminisce on like, travel places I've been where you feel really small. Like you look at an amazing view and you're sitting there in this like euphoric feeling of like, dude, like life is insane. Like, look at this view. I'm so fucking tiny. And like, this is like, I'm one little person on this giant fucking planet. And the whole concept of rock life (laughs) was like, (laughs) was basically saying like, dude, every once in a while, almost daily, I'm trying to have like a, a practice now where I'm just like, I just zoom out. Like I just keep zooming out like they do in those movie scenes with like a drone where it's like, now you see we're in my apartment. Now we zoom out. Now you see the apartment complex. Now you see the subdivision. Now you see. And then you just realize how fucking small you are and how, and then you just like, just literally my whole mindset's like, just literally be fascinated by existence in itself and find like the, all the complexities that we have no answers or clarity around just being fascinated by life. Cause I'm literally fascinated by, existence in itself so like rock life is the mindset of like yo we're on a spinning rock in outer space and everyone's out everyone's out here trying to figure out a philosophy like how did would this happen what did god and jesus and it's like i believe whatever the fuck you want i'm out here trying to learn everything about it too but we're on a rock in outer space so like really fuck it you know like we're on a rock we're on a we got li- limited time. Okay. We yes. got limited. Uh, no time to argue with all the bullshit. Um, <laughs> like, we're, hey, like, we're on a fucking just every once in a while. Hey, dude, like chill the fuck out. 
we're on a rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like we are on a rock right now in the middle of space, just floating. So Andrew Clinkhammer, we appreciate your time. I want to get you out of here with this again, Clink's coaster. Check out the podcast. We'll also throw this up on Instagram and tag you there. Um, something you could tell your younger self if you had the opportunity to. Um, I could start by going with me and then we'll uh, get your answer there. I would tell myself just like, don't be afraid to do you take chances. Uh, something I'm starting to realize now, just looking at where the world has changed is like, remember when all our parents were saying, like telling us to be afraid of social media. Now it's like, they're telling us, wait, you have to be proficient in social media. You know, I was like, obviously don't be a cockhead on social media, but don't be afraid of it. Like utilize it. That's something I definitely would have told myself, but you know, there, I I'm sure it's similar with your journey is like, you know, I was in bumfuck nowhere, North Dakota, but I still wouldn't change that for a second. Cause it helped shape me to where I'm still forming this journey, you know, overall. Yeah, yeah no, I, can, I agree a hundred percent. That's a great one. I can go off of that too. Like what you just said, Dylan, um, kind of trusting yourself and whatnot. Whole reason I'm here right now is because I'm trying to challenge myself to get involved with stuff that I don't do in my daily life when I'm behind a desk doing engineering, whatnot, and it's boring and I don't get to use like these personable skills that we all have and get to get to challenge myself really in a whole nother aspect. I love so that. that. I guess telling myself would be go out of your comfort zone challenge yourself try we've all taken new. leaps in new cities too jack now in dallas and uh take us home andrew Clinkhammer here what would you tell your younger self i feel like i've been attacking the whole like getting out of the comfort zone and whatever i would say just like try and take a little bit of the pressure off like, remove some unnecessary pressures and let surrender to some of the control and let things develop naturally and i've that's what the pandemic's really forced me to do mm -hmm. because i put i put a lot i hold myself to high standard and i put a lot of pressure on myself again we're on a fucking rock you know <laughs> so it's a it's a give and a take right like you can be hard on yourself but sometimes there's unnecessary pressure but yo after this text text a chat alex because i have your number text a chat with all of us i want to i want to hear more about where the fuck you guys are what the fuck are, this is the winging it podcast right this is yeah. winging it podcast yeah <laughs> well, so. no, thank you so much for having doing this i fucking live for having conversations like this this is fun as fuck and like i want to fucking have you guys on coaster if you guys yeah. are down last totally. thing i want to say is whatever i know you'll keep changing doing what you're doing clink amber but i think you definitely got to keep inspiring people and, and talking because you have a very unique positive perspective on life so i think you could definitely go far off just that for sure i appreciate that man thank you so yeah. much we appreciate you stopping by yes we'll stay in touch and maybe maybe we'll do an every six month check-in we'll we'll cut it up like a couple of mentions absolutely here uh good stuff absolutely. my man appreciate it hey, hey.